Hi, and welcome to the GC Podcast. Everyone, I'd really like to welcome Matthew to G2 today. So let's give him a big round of applause in the way that is customary. Um, Matthew, it's great to have you here. Um, some of you may know Matthew quite well, uh, others maybe less so. So, uh, Matthew, could, do you, why don't we do it this way? Can you just tell us a bit of your story as to what leads you to be in this room, in this chair yes. right now? Just like a sort of fast yes. version, because <laughs> there's lots so that I'm, we want to get into. I'm, I'm slightly overdressed for G2, um, but that's because I'm going on from here to an ordination service. Uh, so um, that's why I'm a bit more formal. I'm speaking at that. Um, so I'm the vicar of St. Michael the Belfry Church, the Belfry, which is like the parent church for this body. Um, and G2 was planted out the Belfry before my time, about 2004, three? Yeah, 2004 or five. And uh, I've been vicar of that church since about 2008, 2009. Uh, Before then, I lived in Sheffield, um, and I was a vicar there. So I've been ordained for like 20-something years. Well, briefly in law before that. Married to Sam, got five boys. When we arrived in York, our youngest was just four, like little, like this, you know, like he's 19 now. Um, And uh, I'm... You know, in the background, I've been cheering on, praying for G2 for many years. And um, I'm chuffed. This is my uh, next Sunday is my final Sunday in York because I'm going on to become a bishop, which is a bit of a shock. Um, and, uh, <laughs> um, that was the exact correct noise for yeah. bishop announcements. So, uh, um, so this is my penultimate Sunday in York and delighted to be here. Yeah, and Ma- I, we can testify to this. Matthew really is a brilliant encourager and leader in, in the background. He's one of those guys who uh, is faithful, very prayerful about G2, very encouraging, and doesn't, like, if other vicars might have needed to be at the front of G2 more often, but actually he's very releasing. And so we've really appreciated that, Matthew. So thank you for, for all of that over Not the at years. All. I just want to say, you know, I just, I, I really rate G2. What, what, all you are and all you've been doing over the years and all you're doing now and Hannah and the team and all you're doing are just great. Keep going. Brilliant. Thanks. Well, today we're going to talk about generosity. Yeah. Um, and generosity in general. Um, yeah. But, but then at the end, we're going to talk about our giving as G2. Um, I saw that it was sometimes, maybe it was on the social media as Giving Sunday. Um, give, giving happens all the time. So it's not just Giving Sunday like today. Um, but it is... It is uh, today is all about generosity because I think it, the generosity of God is where we'll start yeah. and how he provides for us and then yeah. how it's a, a response f- from us. But it feels like uh, probably if we're honest, we don't at G2, we're not great at speaking about money and generosity and giving very often. Maybe we need to do that more often so it's less weird, but we're, we're just not that in the custom of doing it. Um, but do you want to start? We're going to do this in a conversation, aren't we? So yeah, we've got, I've got a bunch of questions. Well, but you can had I start a thought. only because um, out that song, there was a great song we just sung. I thought, pour it out, let your love flow over. And I, I wanted, I just, it reminded me of something. And I just thought I should share it with you. So uh, the year before I, I moved from Sheffield to York, something kind of extraordinary happened in, in the church I was part of. We're in a little season where uh, we were seeing some interesting healings going on. Um, and one day, um, I remember waking up on a Sunday morning um, and having a real sense that I should anoint people with oil 
in church. And we had the three services at the church I was at. And I remember, oh, so I came downstairs and I remember thinking, oh, okay, that's cool. I got my little bottle of anointing oil out and it was almost empty. I thought, oh, won't be able to pray for many people with that, like maybe five or ten people, maybe something like that. Anyway, so I went, I went to church. First service, it was fairly traditional kind of service. Communion service, I said, um, you know, at the end, if you want to come to the communion rail for, for prayer, I'd love to anoint you with oil. And maybe about 10 people came, we prayed for them. Second service, kind of similar kind of thing, a bit more informal. And I must have prayed for about 15, 20 people. And I remember thinking towards the end, oh, I wonder how the oil's doing. I had a look. And it was like half full. It was like 10 times more oil in it than before. I thought, that's really weird. Like, that is weird. Has someone like filled it up or like no one had, no one had filled it up? Um, and I prayed, I prayed for people that evening. I went on. I used the oil all the rest of my time in, in Sheffield. And it never went down. And I used That's to, a crazy I used story. To get, I used to get it out sometimes and measure it. Like, you have little faith. <laughs> and I brought it with me to York. And I used it for the first year here in York. It never went down. Um, and, uh, and then I, uh, I went... Away one summer holidays, it was in like my robes in the cupboard in St. Michael Balfour. I came back and all my pockets had been cleared out and it was just gone. Anyway, I so wrote... Someone else had cleared out your pockets? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh, so it, it wasn't like magic oil, but... Anyway, so I wrote to the Bishop of Sheffield because he'd been my bishop and just said, I thought you should know this story. Like, I've been using this oil and, and often people get healed as they use it. It never goes down. And the Bishop of Sheffield, if you wrote to me, he always wrote back to you. Um, it was always your little card. And he was known to be a man of few words. He didn't say very much. But he always said something. And I remember he wrote back to me and said, Dear Matthew, thank you for your letter, whatever it was. Um, there's always more oil. God bless. I love that. There's always more oil. And the oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. There's always more oil of the Spirit. God has never runs out. He's always got more than enough for us. More than enough of his Holy Spirit. More than enough resources. More than enough love, power, you know, more than enough money. Whatever we need, he's got more than enough. So in kind of starting this conversation about money, money is just one of God's resources. He's not short of resources. Like, you know, like he's God. He's, he's, he's got it all. <laughs> so like, if we start from that place, God is not short of resources. And actually, he loves to pour it out if we ask him. And if we're generous with what he gives... Then we're off, and we're onto something. And I discovered that in Sheffield with the oil, and I've kind of taken that with me here, and it, it stood me in good stead. Mm, that's an amazing story. And like the Elijah's widow with the oil. Yeah, the, yeah, amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've I have a friend who um, who has a, a phrase about that uh, the, the whole thing of everything under heaven and earth belongs to God. So yeah. try and imagine. Uh, some money somewhere in the world that doesn't belong to God. You can't do it. Every bit, if everything under heaven and earth belongs to him, then all of the money, all of the stuff, the scripture says yeah. um, that, that God has the cattle on a thousand hills, which doesn't literally mean thousand It just means it's all his. Um, all the resources is his. So you can't like imagine stuff that doesn't belong to him, but really he's asked us to steward that stuff. So the question is, how do we steward it? And all the, the parables of the talents and stuff is, is illustrating that. But sometimes it can feel like we don't we ha we live in a world of lack and we don't have enough stuff. But actually, everything belongs to him. In the first, in you know, anyway. So, um, 
What's it been like for you being at the the Belfry, um, which is a, a big church and has uh, you're, you're about to do a? Uh, I know that you're not personally because you're about to go and bishop um, yeah. in Bolton, but. Yeah the Belfry is about to do a big building project and you have to do a big fundraising thing for that. So there's, there's yeah. generosity. You've seen a lot of generosity there. So yeah. what's that been like? Stretching. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, when, when you know God calls you to something, whatever it is in personally, you know, as a, as a family, as a church, um, we trust that he will provide the resources for it. Um, so we, but I've learned that also to pray and to ask. So you have to be convinced this is what God's asking. So therefore he will provide. So um, it became really clear to me about 2011 that we needed to do some what's called reordering of our church building. It hasn't been done really for 150 years. That's quite a long time. Uh, and it's our I mean, time. My, my mother-in-law does does a room, a different room in her house about every six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 150 years yeah. is a long time not to do and, any work. Yeah. And also, it's a grade one listed building in the centre of York in the conservation zone next to the finest Gothic cathedral in Northern Europe. Um, and, you know, every piece of work in there has been of really great quality. So we knew it was going to cost. So I just said to the Lord, Lord, please will you provide? Um, and... Uh, we, 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 we've, we've still got a bit of a gap, but we're almost there. And most of it's come through extraordinary gifts. In fact, most of it came before we'd even asked anyone to give money. Wow. People just came and get, said, we'd love to invest in that. Like, we're talking like millions of pounds. I'm like, so what's, the t- what's your total target that you're trying to raise? Uh, 10.5 million. And you're nearly there? We're just a million short. That's quite incredible. That sounds like a lot of money. Um, and and no, we thought long and hard about it. Is this okay to invest in, in, yeah. a, in a building? Do you get people going, well, I should spend that on a mission. Are you spending that on yeah. well, it is bricks mission. and mortar? It is mission. Yeah. It is because we're investing for the next three, four generations uh, the mission of God in, in the center of, of your out into the north. Yeah. So it, it is for mission. And we paid, Lord, is it okay to spend this kind of money? Um, it seems like a lot of money. 50 years' time, it won't be a lot of money. It, it, it won't. It, well, it'll still be quite a lot of money. Well, it, it won't but feel like it. It won't. It, it, I if know you what think, you're saying. But if you think a lot of people, a lot of people in York have houses worth two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand pounds. Yeah. Just multiply that up with hundreds of people over hundreds of years. Mm. Um, anyway, the point is, yeah. if God's in it, He'll provide, and He's provided extraordinarily. Mm. Um, but partly through through trusting, and partly through asking, we've asked Him, Lord, please, will You provide? We've had to ask him. At times, we've been on our knees saying, Lord, please, will you provide? We find that in our own lives, in my own family. Um, we've had times when we, pursued, we sought to be generous, because God said so, and then for all sorts of reasons, our finances have got really tight. Mm. You know, when we lived in Sheffield, we used to have people come around who, in poverty, who would just have nothing. So we just cleared our shelves. And then we think, have we got enough for this month? Sometimes we didn't. Like, well, we have to pray. And it always came in. Always extraordinary. So, uh, when I, when we asked Matthew to speak on on generosity, partly we were aware that you've lived this story uh, with utter integrity for like so many years. But um, well, well, not utter. I mean, I've tried. I haven't got always got it right, but I've tried. Yeah. Okay. Tried. But even even saying that like <laughs> gives you quite a lot of integrity. So, uh, um, I didn't say perfection, okay. but integrity. So. Uh, but you've you've recently written a book, which, so we've not asked him here to, so that he can flog his book. Yeah. Although you might want to read it. But um, you've written a book on generosity. Why have you decided to write a book about generosity? Yeah. So um, a few years ago, the Lord called me to be an author. 
So I'm not just writing because I want to kind of make a name, but I feel like it's a call to write. I've written a few things. And um, over lockdown, I just felt a strong compulsion to be writing on certain disciplines. Um, so I'm writing a series of six books. And to me, a giving is a foundational discipline of the Christian life. So in, in, um, in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is like basic discipleship, Jesus says, when you pray, when you fast, when you give. This is like 101 discipleship. It's what we do. As disciples, we pray. It's what we do. Uh, when, we f- it's f- when we fast, fasting is a basic discipline. Uh, it's a, it unlocks to other disciplines. And giving is another one of those disciplines. So I wanted to write on giving, partly out of my experience, but partly to encourage the church because many people don't, don't get it. And the, 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 it's what disciples do. You know, you know it's, it's intrinsic to who we are as God's people because it's intrinsic to the nature of God. We mirror God. God is a giving God. God is a generous God is who he is. God so loved the world that he gave, says John 3.16. He gave Jesus. He gives. So we're to mirror him. So I wrote because it's like what we do, but I think many disciples don't get it. Yeah, and, and it's probably fair to say that uh, a lot, lots of people who uh, in the past 50 years may, maybe didn't grow up in Christian faith, and that's probably true for people here. They're yeah. not grown up with Christian parents teaching them certain values like that. And there's lots of young adults at, at G2 as well. And, and so we need to talk about this as a yeah. community because yeah. it's like, it's pretty new. It's Let's a pretty new idea. Most, most people, most of my mates who, who uh, and don't know Jesus, the idea of giving away is just a foreign idea. It's a crazy idea. It just doesn't make sense to them. And maybe it's like a bit of the old comic relief, text a tenor. They get that kind of giving or like a charity event maybe. But really, that might be giving where you're then buying an experience or something. I think that's quite common, which I'm not knocking. But like they would understand that kind of giving. But really, you're buying like a a holiday or something, you know. Um, But the idea of costly giving is pretty unusual in today's society. So um, what would you say to somebody who, like, how would you encourage them? Because I think if you say it's just what we do as disciples, it could lead to a bit of like duty or guilt or feeling like, oh, I'm not a good enough disciple then if I'm not doing it. So what, what do you say to sort of draw someone into that story or the sort of adventure of giving? Or something? Yeah, well, I mean, the Bible says we should give cheerfully, which hopefully means like because we want to, not because we have to. And I think once we begin to mirror God, we realize, God, you're so generous to me. Look, we, I want to start to be generous back to other people because what's what you're coming to do as so we read the scriptures we see that the um the, the main uh, place of giving is the local church it's not the only place but but um that's where we should give regularly is that what you think like what, what about just giving it to charities and stuff like that i mean obviously i yeah. lead a charity so yeah i want people to do that but what <laughs> but do, that's interesting so you think people primarily should give to the local church yeah yeah why is that because it's in the bible okay like, read the book <laughs> I, um, that, but, that book or your book? Yeah, well, both. Mainly read the Bible. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you go to places like the end of 1 Corinthians where Paul's talking to the, this church and to a church where people get paid every week. And he says, on the first day of the week, put some money aside to give. So we're supposed to give regularly. It's supposed to be part of discipleship regularly. Um, and, um, you know, there's lots of ways we can do that. 
uh, I think a good starting point that we see throughout the scriptures is giving uh, um, 10%, what's called a tithe. I don't think we should be constrained by that at all. In fact, I think that's pretty basic as a starting point. And if you look at the scriptures, the tithe always belongs in the local church. It always, always in, a, in a place of worship, that's where you tithe. Um, so I, I learned that as a student. Um, I started to, to think, oh, I, I see that pattern in scripture. Although it's tight as a student, I haven't got very much money. I'm going to start to tithe to my local church because I think I can do that. It was a struggle at first, but I found actually I can live on the 90%. It's all God's anyway, even that 90%, but I could live on that. And it seemed like somehow God made the 90% stretch a bit, so somehow I found out I was all right. That was interesting because it's easy to think, isn't it? You know, I will be generous or get to my local church or whatever when I'm better off. I think we wait to do that. We're never going to do it. It's, it's actually harder when you're rich. It's easier when you've actually got less. Um, so so, so I think it's a starting point. So but on top of that, obviously, give to charities and other things. But So in, in, um, in, when, we, when we chatted about this, you said yeah. you, could, you can push me, you can ask me yeah. questions. So yeah. you started off as a student giving 10%. Yeah. Do you still give 10% or do you, have you... Have you Increased it, over yeah. The we years. increased it, yeah, yeah. So, so we give more than that to our local church. Um, but the figure at the moment, if you want to know what it is, the amount, was yeah, we do want to know what it is, yeah. yeah it's about 17 18 percent, probably. Okay, yeah. and then on and top then, of that, we that's what you give things. to church, yeah, and then you give on away. Yeah. So, yeah. We had a, we've, we've given this uh, the principle we want to at least tithe the local church and give more if we can. And then we, we've we said to the Lord, Lord, if we can each year, we want to give away more each year than the year before, if we can. Uh, we didn't manage that when we stopped for me to train for ordination because our finances were very different at that point. But other than those three years, we've always managed that. Uh, to be honest, the hard, one of the hardest times has been this last two years because we've tried to be generous with our money. And with the cost of living crisis, like our fuel bills have gone through the roof. It's been really difficult. But we said to the Lord, Lord, we don't want to reduce our giving. So we're going to trust you'll provide. And somehow we've got through it. Well, that, thanks for sharing that because I appreciate the the uh, honesty to share the story. Yeah. Um, and um, so let's talk about cost of living because um, that's a pretty real thing. Yeah. So, uh, and and one one of the ways we've talked about it with students over the years who, you know, usually you would understand to have have less. Also, it's a debt like it's a student loan isn't it so what what they have uh, and over the years at g2 we've talked about it this way just to say if you if you have it to spend you have it to give if you don't have it to spend you maybe don't have it to give so so if you literally can't get by then you maybe don't have it to give but if you have it to spend on nice clothes and beers and coffees and whatever else you're gonna spend it on then you do have that you can cost that to you you can not do that and or on a gym membership, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's, there's no judgment in us saying that, but it's just helping people to understand how to see a student loan. But in terms of cost of living, people would also think, well, we've got to make sure I look after what I've got, make sure I'm all right first, and then if we've got any, enough left, maybe we'll give out of that. But the Bible speaks about this, so tell yeah. us about... So the Bible says give first, don't give last. It took me a little while to realise that, but actually I've learned if you give first... It's what the Old Testament calls give the first fruits. Then the Lord will look after the, the rest and somehow make it work and stretch. It's all his anyway. So it's not like this, this other bit is mine. It's all God's. So we trust, Lord, you're going to have to look after me. Because um, yeah, we, we are part of that. We are his as yeah. well. And also, maybe as we go along, um, 
you know, we're called to give more spontaneously to different things as well. And that might stretch us. So we say, God, are we going to trust that, that you will give back so we can give again? Um, and we found that to be true. We've actually found it quite exciting um, that actually the stretch of giving, we've begun to find that quite exciting, not just like, oh, my goodness. But, hey, what an opportunity for God to do something amazing mm. here. And which is the, <laughs> um, the – there's a city in the – early church yeah who responds to a cost of living crisis which yeah. is really helpful for us yeah, so, to hear about in in our so culture acts, yeah uh, and i've talked about this quite a lot the belfry so in acts 11 uh, this is the first time a bunch of christians is a, a church is called christians acts 11 this is a church in antioch and it says they're the first people to be called christians and then the next story is a story of their giving because giving is what christians do um, and what happens is these prophets come over from Jerusalem and prophesy a cost-of-living crisis. Really interesting. Famine's going to come to the whole area, including yours, um, and that's prophesied. What do they do? They, they could think, oh, my goodness, thank you for telling us we're all going to like, batten down the hatches to be careful. What they do is they take up an offering. Interesting. So cost-of-living crisis comes. They decide to give they could keep it for themselves for the, for the crisis coming. They could give it to their local community. What do they do? They give it away to a church 200 miles away. Like, okay. I think that's beautiful. They give it away. Because they're saying, God, there's a cost of living crisis. These people are going to be in trouble. And we're going to trust you're going to look after us because we've given. And they do. And next time you read about them in the Bible, uh, two chapters later in Acts 13, there's no sense they've got less. In fact, the next thing they do is they send out people for church planting. So having learned to give money, they now learn to give people because they've trusted them with the finance. Now they're giving people. I love it because they, they're getting, somehow, as we give, God looks after us. Mm. It's beautiful. Part of, part of that sort of <laughs> channel of yeah. his provision yeah. that we're part of. Yeah. Um, let's, let's have a story, uh, an encouraging story where you've seen God's provision through someone's generosity um some people may know this story but what you were you obviously witnessed it as well uh, alan lucy rycroft that's a great yeah. story isn't it of seeing how uh, god provides yeah. in there's, crazy there's, ways i haven't got to, time to tell all that story because there's a number of components prophetic components to it actually but um al was a curate with us at the belfry so about 2014 um he didn't leave to do what he was supposed to originally do he stayed on for longer which is awkward <laughs> but, um not awkward for us but awkward for the place we were supposed to go to um stayed on longer we, we didn't even know how we could pay him somehow that money came through um he then started to worship a little bit at the church around the corner um and um after a while he came to see me to say i think god might want me to be a vicar there i'm like okay uh there's no salary with that post but let's just see what God does. Let's pray and we'll see. And then, cut long story short, he comes to see me one day. So you never believe what happens. Happened today. Someone dropped a bin liner on our doorstep. And when we opened it and counted it, we stopped counting about six grand. And we took it to the police. Uh, police counted it, said after two months or something, it's yours, 105,000 pounds. Like, okay, that's cool. Um, and um, I think it's just a beautiful story of generosity. Now, what they could have done is kept it for themselves because it was on their doorstep. But because the name on their vicarage was St. Thomas's, 
they said that someone might have given it to that local church, so we think we should give it to St. Thomas's. St. Thomas's was the church he was warning about becoming vicar of. <laughs> so I had a chat to the archbishop and all sorts of things. And basically, that money was used to pay his salary for the first three years. Mm. But what an outrageous story of generosity. Like You normally don't get £105,000 just dropped on your doorstep. Mm. But, Incredible. But I know also, uh, well, well, we've been praying for provision, but also know they as a couple were... Yeah. A beautifully generous couple. It's like God was honoring their generosity. Because it seems from a lot of the parables that like God's looking for places to invest in. Some of the story of the talents and the power, you know, um, he, he gives it away and says, What are you gonna do with it? And, you know, and, and the one with, with five makes five more. And mm. um, and, and it seems like if we will invest it in God's kingdom, he'll give us more so we can do it again. It's outrageous, but beautiful. Yeah, I remember seeing, uh, and so it's because that's an outrageous way, one-off provision, isn't it? I remember seeing um, a a great, beautiful moment, actually, at New Wine. You're probably there for this. Uh, a few years ago, New Wine North, and there was a youth worker who was speaking and he was sharing this testimony that he'd been saving up for the deposit for a house. And I think it was about 18 grand or something that he'd got, but they really needed to do this youth center thing and they just didn't have any money for it. So he basically gave that entire amount. And he he was he just shared that as part of a, th- this is how much we've got to go for this stuff. Like I just, I'm desperate to see this breakthrough. So I ended up just giving that because I just think, well, maybe I don't need a house anyway and really need this youth center because we've got to see breakthrough for the kids in this area. So then we now have this youth center and he was telling the stories about all of this stuff. Anyway, there was uh, a, a guy at the back of the room just uh, stood up with 20 pound note and he just said to the guy in front of him, pass that forward. So, and it was quite a long venue basically. And so this 20 pound note, makes its way to the front and then someone else had seen that it was happening and they went yeah I might do that as well so they started passing it Uh, and Ian Parkinson who was leading New Wine North at the time he just stood up and said I I can just see what's happening and I think God's just doing a miracle I think he's just doing some provision so just let it come let it happen let's just pause for a minute had to stop the guy's talk and the guy's like what's going on and he went God's just providing this just a bit of a pouring out moment and money started just pouring through the people uh, just people tapping on the shoulder and it just came and the exact 18 grand was given that in this one event in like notes and obviously new wine looked at you like you don't just give someone 18 grand in um in a, in a big wad but they like facilitated it and and looked it and gave it to him in in one amount i love that um, and, and we've got stories like in our, own, in our own lives when we've given money away that was for something else and thought okay and then god's just given that back and and we, we've Someone living with us who is really tight um, just a few weeks ago. When you say is really tight, what you mean is like, they're hard tight, up. You, you tight, don't mean they are. Sorry, they're tight for money. Yeah, tight for money. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And um, um, they felt um, God called them to give away 150 quid. Um, and that was a big thing for them. Um, and they gave it away. And literally two days later, someone wrote them a check for 150 quid. Uh, it came in the post and she was so excited like that happens to other people like spiritual people not not me and in fact it came in after she'd given not before if it, before it might have been yeah so i'll give now now i've got the money but she gave before and it was a real act of faith um i think god look god god loves that um Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was early on um, when we were first married. Um, the church had a gift day, a bit like that one in Antioch. 
and we saved up some money. I like to watch football on TV. We had this little tiny portable TV. And so we saved up some money to buy like a, quite a big TV. And um, gift day came in the church. We didn't have any other money. And we haven't bought the TV yet. And Sam was saying, I think you should give that money. I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, we did. In the end, we gave it. And we were pleased to give it. Um, and uh, um, and within two weeks, someone had given us the money. It was just un- unbelievable. And we bought the TV. Now, it doesn't always work out like that. Sometimes we just give. And that's and it's sacrificial. And that's how it is. But often we found, as we're generous, God is like, okay, here we go. He just looks after us. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, just talk a little bit more about what does Jesus say about giving? Like some of your favorite Jesus stories about giving generosity. What does yeah, well, I think, that? I mean, so one thing that I've really wrestled with in writing the book, which is coming out in the autumn, is actually looking again the story of what's called the widow's mites. Do you know that story where uh, Jesus takes his disciples, stands opposite the treasury where people put their gifts in, and says, now watch what goes on. Rich people come, put money in, and then this poor widow comes and puts two tiny little copper coins in. Um, and then Jesus says, she gave more than the rest. Because she gave out of her, they gave out of their riches. But she, out of her poverty, gave everything she had to live on. And I've been wrestling with that story because often when I hear people speak on that, they say, therefore be generous, like that woman, which is, which is right. But I think there's a deeper meaning to it, which we miss, which is um, what Jesus is saying is, watch these people, watch the, now watch the poor woman. And when people in poverty give generously, that's supposed to be our model of forgiving. Watch how poor people give generously. That's, that's profound, actually. So, because we like to think, well, well, we'll learn from the rich philanthropists. No, no, watch when poor people give. There's a bit in um, 2 Corinthians uh, 8 when Paul is talking to the Corinthian church who aren't being generous. He's trying to encourage them to be generous. And he says, learn from the church in Macedonia, who out of extreme poverty gave some beyond their means, like when they shouldn't have really given. It's overstretched them. And he says, learn from them. Learn from people in poverty. Learn from poor churches. It's remarkable. If you look around even this country, the churches that proportionally give more are the poor churches, places in real poverty. We need to learn from them. How to give? Because God seems to honour that and, and and bless that. That's a challenge. Thanks, Matthew. I know I'm aware we're at the end of our time. Yeah, he's got to get off to an ordination service. I, do. I think he's <laughs> actually speaking out as well, so we probably need to let him go. Um, could we finish by? Would you would you mind just saying any words of encouragement or what? What yeah. would you like to say to G two? Like because you're about to yeah. before you go off and bishop. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, two things. One relating to, to money, if I may. Um, it's a story um, that might help because you know we're all in slightly different positions with our, our money, and some of us we'd like to give, we'd like to give ten percent or more, but we like even giving two percent seems like a big stretch. So uh, my, my encouragement to you would be give something and watch what God does, and then give more. So when I became vicar of St Chance Church in Sheffield before I came to York. Um, we tried to model that in our church finances. So when I got there, we were giving less than 1% of our money away. And I said to the church council, this isn't very good. <laughs> this isn't model generosity. We're asking people to give generously to the church. We can't do the, 
We can't even do that ourselves. So I said, we need to give more. So we took a decision after year one to give 5% of our money away. That was a big step for the church. So we chose to give 5% away. At the end of the year, we were okay. In fact, our finances had grown. I was like, oh, that's good. So next year, we, so we gave 6% away. Because <laughs> we said, let's try and get to 10% as, at least to see how we do. We did all right again that year. So next year, we gave 7% away. Next year, we gave away 10%. We jumped straight through it because somebody on church council said, let's not faff around with 8, 9. Clearly, it seems like when we give, God blesses us. So why don't we just give 10% and see what God does? So we gave, as a massive stretch, they go from 7 to 10. Again, God looked after us. So I just want to say, if you don't know where to start, start with something. Start with a percent. If it's 1%, give it to your local church. Watch what Jesus does. And then allow God to stretch you. One of the only places in the Bible that talks about where God says, test me in this to see, see if I will look after you. It is with money. It's in Malachi. It's to do with tithing, giving away generously to our place of worship. So I'd encourage you to do that. If you're not yet giving to this local church, G2, which is a great church, give. This is your church community. Give. Give something and watch what Jesus does. Ask him to bless it and look after you. And then give some more. And give some more. See what he does. Um, on top of that, I think I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing at G2. Uh, you're a great church. Keep going. Pray. Ask the Lord to provide, not just financially, but in every way. People, resources. Trust him. Learn to pray. Um, keep telling the stories. Keep following Jesus. And you'll be fine. More than fine. You'll be great. Because the Lord is good. Thanks, Matthew. Let's give him a big hand. And uh, really appreciate that, Matthew. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for you. And then, will well, you excuse me? Another I, round of applause I, I do after need that. to go, actually. Um, I'm going to stand. So, Lord, Lord God, I just bless this community. I know not everyone is here today, but I bless them. All they are, all they stand for. Those who've yet to come and join this body, pour out your resources upon them, your spirit, your love, your power, your provision. May they always have more than enough so they can be generous, I pray. May that be true for this church. May that be true for individuals and families here, I pray. Bless them so they may be your missional people in this part of the city. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.